consider anew, the daily micro-podcast that invites you to discover something new or see a familiar thing in a new way. On each episode, I share a quote that I think is interesting or important. I share why it resonated with me and why I think it's especially relevant today. And then I invite you to see how any of this hits you, how any of it might be valuable in your world. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Crawford. Welcome. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Today is Wednesday, February 17th, 2021, and I'm glad that you're here. Thanks so much. Today's quote comes from the book Education Unbound, The Promise and Practice of Greenfield Schooling. And it was written by Rick Hess, and it was published in 2010. Now, this book is interesting. It really talks about entrepreneurship and about thinking about schooling uh, as if there were no previous schools, as if there was sort of nothing before it. What might we create and how might we think about that? Uh, And it's a a pretty sort of, it's a shorter book. Uh, It's a kind of a smooth read. I would encourage you to check it out. And the quote for today comes from page 39 and it goes like this. Medical and technological breakthroughs today are often seeded by expensive investments made 10 or 20 years ago, or even longer. The payoff for boosting K-12 R&D will not be wondrous increases in student achievement in three months or three years. It will unfold only in the course of time. This is a difficult sale in the, quote, fix-it-now world of schooling. Okay, so this has me thinking about a handful of things. It has me thinking about the idea that things are a marathon and not a sprint. It has me thinking about patience and being a, and being long-term minded. You know, so what are the implications of prioritizing short-term thinking in the world of education? Um, I think it it means allocating dollars to mostly or only short-term initiatives. I think it means prioritizing efficiency and short-term results. I think it means cost-cutting and overworking for the short term. And then what does that even look like? You know, I, I think we see burnout among teachers who are asked to do more with less, to deliver more with less concern for their well-being and their capacity to be the effective professionals that they are. I think we see widespread ineffectiveness in terms of student achievement and, you know, more importantly, in my opinion, uh, in terms of young human development, as states, districts, schools cycle through the solutions of the day. And I think we see shiny new tools and products being adopted at breakneck speed, serving as expensive band-aids, really, uh, for schools and districts, putting short-term over everything else, right? And it isn't that short-term can't be or shouldn't be considered. Of course it should. It's that short-term needs to be situated within a longer term framework. Right? So let's consider a metaphor here. Right? So think about a marathon, right? 26.2 miles. And if you want to complete a marathon, if that's your goal, what you don't do is figure out how to run the first mile as fast as you possibly can and then do that 25.2 more times. Right? That'll get you struggling real quick. Not what you're what you're looking to do. But instead, 
consider the bigger goal, consider where you're trying to get to, the long-term goal, and you calibrate your short-term goals accordingly. Right? So in a marathon, you would pace yourself. You would consider a fuller picture, the, lo the longer-term goal, what you're trying to accomplish, not just that first mile. And I think the same should be done with school, which means that there are things that we should do today that may not maximize short-term output. There are investments we can make today that may not maximize short-term outcomes, but may be necessary to achieve long-term goals. And I think schools can do this um, by grounding their work in existing research um, and examples from the field. I don't think we have to wait 10 or 20 years to figure out who is doing what well. I think we've seen for the last 10 to 20 years, and even longer than that, examples of people doing things in a way that is healthy, in a way that supports young people, in a way that enables the adults in the system, in these institutions, to also thrive. I think there are examples out there. So what I'd like to leave you with are two of those examples, in my opinion, two, uh, two organizations, two entities that work in the education space that I think anybody else in the education space should take a look at if they haven't already. So the first is EL Education. Um, amazing organization. They work with public schools. Uh, they do curriculum uh, support. They do professional development, school design, um, a lot of really awesome things out of there. Uh, they focus on equity and excellence, and they themselves are excellent. And you know, on top of all of the amazing things that they do as a full team, uh, they've got Ron Berger, which uh, is is a thing. Ron Berger is an amazing human being and a great leader, and and he's on their team. So check out EL Education. And the second organization I would draw your attention to is High Tech High. And High Tech High is more than just a high school. Uh, it's a network of 16 schools in kind of greater San Diego um, for the most part. Um, and they are guided by equity, by personalization, by authentic work and collaborative design. Uh, you know, in the before times, they'd get thousands of visitors every year um, touring their facilities, looking at the amazing work on the walls, uh, the, the building design, young people sort of flowing through the hallways, stopping and talking to visitors, doing work, collaborating, uh, just really amazing things. High Tech High also hosts the Deeper Learning Conference uh, and, and lots more. So definitely check them out. And I'll leave it there. Thanks so much. That wraps this episode of Consider Anew. Check out the show notes for links and other details. And if you liked what you heard and you're willing to help the podcast out, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And if there's someone in your world who you think might appreciate this episode, do them a favor and send it their way. Thanks to Michael Lipset of Past Health Stories for Thought Partnership. And thanks to you for tuning in. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Say hello on Twitter. I'm at MJCraw. And connect with me at www.mjcraw.com. And until next time, consider anew. Thank <laughs> you.